0: Front party in the back. <laughs> I'm, I'm Michelle. More, oh, oh, we did it at yeah. the same time. I know, but the I keep thinking go. I started. Do I start? I didn't know. Was you hang weird. up. I'm, you more, hang
1: up. <laughs> I'm Michelle, and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be back again, Lauren. As this is our sort of weekly catch up now, isn't it? We're both very busy, yes. and so we like to catch up once a week. And it just so happens that we've recorded a podcast at the same time. Aren't you lucky the yeah. listener at home? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You get
0: to hear all the good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About yeah. what we've been doing during the week and all those sorts of things. Anyway, yeah. um, we're a couple of mates. We talk about business and some fun stuff. And this week, our episode is brought to you by my business, which I'm uh, relaunching my brand very soon, Lauren. So it's going mm. to change, but at the moment, it's still Michelle, R. price hyphen. Got to remember that hyphen writer and clairvoyant. Uh, So I do angel card readings, mediumship, all sorts of fun things, a bit of paranormal entity clearing. I also do girls weekends of way, which I did recently, and that was super fun. So any kind of events, celebrations, I'll come along, do your cards, do some mediumship, all those sorts of things. So Michelle R. Price, hyphen writer and clairvoyant on Facebook, and the link will be in the show notes.
0: Awesome. And Michelle is good at what she does. And if this is the first episode that you're listening, she does tend to share some of her, you know, experiences and some of her stories and other episodes. So I would definitely go back because that's always exciting and interesting to listen to. So every theme we do, every show we do have a theme, and today is no different. And we're going to be talking about communication. Now that you know, word at a whole probably sounds super boring, but it's actually very important. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we decided to talk about communication was basically because, well, I think Michelle and I, we communicate quite well. We're two, you know, very strong people. And so it actually works to our benefit because we're able to be direct to each other and we don't take things personally. And I think we listen well as well. And, uh, you know, for our conversation today, tell them what they want, Michelle. (laughs) For our conversation today, tell them what we want. We need drum roll. Why don't I have
1: sound effects, Lauren? What Um, else do we have? Um, Yeah, so we're going to be talking about communication and why it's important. And we're going to bring in uh, Sharon Chapman, who I've mentioned in many shows already. She is essentially, she calls herself a relationship uh, counselor. But a lot of people sort of misconstrue that and they may think that means it's just sort of couples, husbands and wives, people planning to get married, all that sort of stuff. But in actual fact, it's really like about the relationship with yourself and also, you know, with other people as well. So she is all about communicating, communication, how we do that, all that sort of stuff. So she's fabulous. Um, The information she's going to share, I'm sure, will be very beneficial to our listener at home. Yeah. She's going to have lots of tips and tricks on how to communicate and also how to say no in a loving way. And that ties back in with the previous episode that you and I recorded uh, called Just Say No.
0: Yeah. And one of the reasons we did bring this up, um, you know, have this theme kind of come to the forefront was because I was talking to Michelle and I um, asked her the day before, even probably the night before, if we could change the recording time. And Michelle had said that she had blocked out that time to do the episode. Now, Michelle works in the kind of industry where people book online to meet with her. And so the fact that she had blocked out that time, the fact that she had been so clear and explained that she had blocked out the time, and I understood what she meant, which was that she essentially stopped herself from making revenue and she put aside the time. I realized that I needed to adhere to to the time, which was fine. But it was just, it was a kind of a pretty cool, you know, aha moment in a way where I understood because for me, I don't always have set meetings. So I'm able to be a bit more flexible. But when Michelle's revenue is, you know, coming in on the gaps that she's available, it was really important for me, I think, to recognize that, which I did. And then we just kind of understood, I think, from there that communication was really key in making friendships and, you know, business partnerships and such work.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think um, I sort of, um, from my perspective, I kind of stuffed up recently then where my Facebook calendar sort of did something crazy. And usually Lauren and I recorded a particular time on a Friday and um, yeah, I had to reschedule because I've had a look and someone's managed to book the time that we normally record. So There's all sorts of little mishaps and things that sort of happen, and you just have to make adjustments um, sometimes. And thankfully, um, Lauren was very understanding about that. But, you know, there's always these things that crop up, and it's just you have to be honest um, and just say, look, you know, put your hand up. Sorry, I stuffed up. Um, Can we do something else and do it a different way? Um, But I think it's good that, as you said, both of us are strong women, um, and we understand when we communicate with each other. how? Because I think we're both the same sort of personality, so we sort of get that. Whereas other people yeah. sometimes might be like, "Wow, you guys are really direct," but
0: it sort of yeah. works for works for us. Works for us. Yeah,
1: I'm going to and share a bit sensibles.
0: about that later.
1: Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Good. I've got a little bit of a story for you too. Yeah. But before, um, what have you been up to yeah. this week?
1: Yeah um, so it was another really really busy week and what I learned Lauren and this is part of my rebranding is I'm going to put up my prices a little bit because I'm only charging so for an hour You're yeah funny. Are you-
0: I was going to text you the other day and go Michelle Uh I just got a little like indication. I was going to text you and say, you need to put up your prices by at least $5 an hour. Yeah. I don't know why I thought $5, but I was actually meaning to tell you to raise
1: your prices. Oh, I must've got your message. I must've got it telepathically or something. Um, So yeah, with the rebranding, because I don't know, like it's been a while since I've just done mostly readings and I have been doing a fair few healings and things like that and reading healing combos, which are a bit more. And so it does top up the price. That means I don't have to do as many appointments during the week. But if people aren't booking healings, then it's not a healing week. You know, I tend to have themes. So some weeks I'll just have all healings and hardly any readings. So it really just depends on the week. It's not something that can be forced. So, um, yeah, I was sort of thinking, well, I did a whole week of just pretty much readings. I don't think I had any healings uh, this week. And it was a lot. I ended up doing, you know, 20-something readings. And on the Tuesday, I think it was seven back to back without a break. Wednesday was six. Uh, Thursday was about six. Friday, I went to the beach. I was so happy. I went to the beach and I saw a rainbow and I posted about it on my business page. And then I got a booking. So I'm at the beach with my dog and I thought no one else is going to book. Surely it was like 3.30. I'm thinking I'm going to be fine. Didn't block out my calendar. Went to the beach, got a booking running back along the beach having deja vu uh you know jumping in the car driving home yeah and here i was so
0: (laughs) sometimes they think you don't learn yeah i know isn't isn't it funny episodes where you're like yeah (laughs) I like, understand that like, in a few weeks you're going, oh, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> here I was
1: again having deja vu. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of that week, I was like, you know, that was pretty tiring. So I'm going to put my prices up along with my rebranding. So when I launched my new brand, which is uh, very close with Haley, who we spoke to in a previous episode as well, that's all pretty much done. Uh, I'm going to put those prices up so that potentially I don't have to do as many in one week and I can maybe bump people into the following week uh, to make up that revenue. So I think that would be good just to give me an extra break. And also this week is really exciting. I launched my uh, mentorship. So I put a little post up about mentorship and it filled up. So I only put it on my private group, which doesn't have as many followers as my main page, my business page, but I put it up and I just like, you know, who's interested and i got 10 people and i thought well 10's a good number i was going to put it on my main page as well but i thought well, i don't really need to like 10's sufficient it's going to be over zoom so you don't want to have two pages you don't want to get too crazy so you sort of going from page to page looking for people and mm-hmm. so i think 10's good i think 10's good so i'm happy with that so i'm crazily all sunday i was just like um the weekend before you know trying to put all of this together and it's been uh, a bit of a rush, but I think that most of, cause I spent 2019 sort of putting all of this together. I was doing gatherings from home and putting it all together. So I'm sort of rejigging what I've already done really. So it's not the end of mm. the world. And then I, next week, so on Tuesday next week, I've got um, the launch of my uh, teaching. So combining journalism and my spiritual knowledge uh, and Using that to enhance people's Facebook lives, expos, the headshots, all the things that you and I've spoken about in previous episodes, why we get a professional headshot done, uh, bios, press releases, all that sort of stuff. So teaching spiritual people how to basically get noticed. So if they're putting books out, cards out, what do they do to you know spread the word? so i'm launching that on our wellness community and that's going to be super exciting but it's all kind of happening at the same time but i guess that's what happens sometimes spirit sort of throws you in the deep end of only doing this three and a half months so you think about it like that it's It's not a long time it's not a long time but you've got to think as well i'm releasing a book and things like that so it's good to have the following and the mentorship and the teaching and all of that stuff going Mm -hmm. so that you know you've got people to as you know have a mailing list and Send info to hey, here's my book. That sort of thing. So it's been busy, to say the least. Um, How have you been? How's your week been?
0: Yeah, good. Um, Recording just a lot of lot of podcasts as well um, because you know I have three podcasts, including this one, which is really time consuming. But at the same time, I know that you know, the connections that I'm making and the networking and things like that. And I'm also learning a lot. So it's kind of like I get a masterclass every time I interview somebody, which is really awesome. Mm. Um, it's been busy, you know, I'm working at the restaurant as you know, and, uh, I'm finding it challenging sometimes when I work late night there, because when I get home at 10 PM, like I did last night, I am wide awake. I'm not able to go to bed. Whereas normally I'm in bed asleep by 10 up at 520 every day. Mm -hmm. So it's really been, you know, me needing to kind of figure out how to make that work. So part of my strategy is essentially that on days that I work nights or the day after, I guess I don't get up at 520, you get up around seven and I don't really do my morning run. So it's just kind of figuring out a bit about that routine and You know, one thing I did notice, which I just thought was an interesting observation. I know you're a morning person too. And it's funny when I say you're a morning person too, because I never used to be a morning person. I trained myself to become this way. Mm. I was always somebody who liked to live at night. And, uh, you know, kind of uh, almost two years ago now, or a year and a half ago, I recognized that, you know, highly successful people get up early. They have Positive morning habits, they do their exercises, they read, they do all these things, right? And while I'm trying to organize these podcast interviews, a lot of the people that I interview, now I'm not saying it's a direct correlation on their business model, but I just thought it was interesting. Most of them do not want to talk to me before 8:30 a.m. Mm. So And I thought that was interesting because they don't want to talk to me then. I'm forced to talk to them at 6 a.m. my time to make it work, which I don't mind doing necessarily because I get up early and I just don't run at that time on those days. But I just thought it was really interesting how people, not us, but they're still not taking advantage of their morning. I just thought, do you know Mm. what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so they're happy to talk to me at 9 p.m. in some cases when I'm talking to people out of the UK, but not at, you know, 8:30 or 9 a.m. or mm. 8 a.m. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting observation, but basically, yeah, no, I've been I've been good. I I feel like I was gifted an opportunity, well, I I know I was gifted an opportunity. So one of my goals was always to go to businesses and teach And I didn't really know what that looked like, but I wanted to be somebody that, you know, they brought in for conferences or workshops and I got to work with business professionals on some capacity. And I, I guess I always thought that I would have to do that for time management. So I kind of thought if I niche down and I like get good at time management, I can go in and I can teach that. Well, a friend of mine has, um, has a business and I actually don't know her very well, but I, I met her at a wedding and. I had a couple glasses of wine and we had a fabulous conversation about everything. And, you know, a lot of the stuff you and I discuss on the show. And, you know, she has offered me an opportunity to go and work with her team, her staff, um, to build leadership, to talk about self-awareness, to look at time management, um, to look at all these things. Right. And initially she wanted me to come and talk to them about leadership. And I went, um, And I, inside, I was like, I really want to do it. But then I thought, well, I need to, you know, honor the things that I always talk about, which is you shouldn't, you know, teach things that you're not the expert on. You shouldn't comment on things you're not the expert on. And I said to her, well, listen, you know, I have a lot of these skill sets. I feel like I'm a fabulous manager. You know, Mm -hmm. I can do all these things Well. well. But there are people in the industry who can say, well, I've been teaching leadership for 15 years. Wouldn't you rather have them, right? So I was kind of trying to throw it back on her to say that maybe I'm not the most qualified person. And then she said, no, it's everything that you're about. It's not just that one thing. Right.
1: She just chose that word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she said, you know, and I guess she was thinking about the conversations we'd had, the resources I'd given her. She actually went and bought the books. She looked up the things that I told her to look up. Right. And So she really liked that. So then what I did is I went, okay, if you're into it, then I I'm into it too. So I made up a whole two day agenda, two day workshop plan. Um sent it to her. she was really happy with it. She came back and told me some of the things that she was really keen on kind of exploring further. And I realized this is so cool because I thought, this is more authentically me anyway, yeah, you know because I'm integrating time management within this training, but I... I feel like people, they want to be happy, you know, they want to have goals. They want to understand how to carve out time for themselves. I'm bringing in somebody to do a guided or like a meditation at the beginning of each day. And yes. you know, this programming is more authentically who I am. And I realized that I've been given an opportunity to cultivate and curate my own program. Yes. So I'm so excited. Oh my so God. That's, that's so exciting. exciting. Yeah, thanks. Wow. So we'll see how it goes. And yes. um, I know I'll learn a lot from it. Uh, yeah, so I guess over the next couple of months or month and a half is just really designing that program, get that really airtight work through it, make sure everything's properly time managed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to build little packs for people as well, little take home packs and yeah. So I'm really excited and it's kind of, you know, I've got the spirit team and that's something that I'm going to do, but I also wanted to do this other stuff. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's cool. So yeah, I feel face to face
1: is exciting too, because everything's, you know, over zoom. So for you to be physically there and yeah, doing those, having the person come in to do the meditations and yeah. And be able to physically yeah. hand them something, you know, a takeaway. Yeah. yeah that's exciting.
0: I remember one time I went to a big conference and um, with all these musicians, it was like you went and you actually, it was for producers when you, you saw people perform and then you booked them for shows and stuff. It was really neat. Anyway, one guy said to me that people understand the value of something if they have something to take away with them. Yeah. So I always learn that, you know, anytime I do anything, I want to try to have something that people can take with them, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that looks like to be. So. Yeah. Is that something
1: that they had in Canada? You know, that when you go to a kid's party and they have the little um, gift yes, bag, the bags. little, yeah. Goodie bag. Um, yeah. yeah. I always remember those little goodie bags. They were fabulous. That was like the best thing. It was like the whole time you're at the party, yeah. all you're thinking about is what's going to be in your little goodie bag when you take it home. Yeah. I love okay. goodie bags. They're I best. don't know if it's based around that premises. However,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just popped into my head. I'm like, that's like a goodie bag. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So should we get into our conversation with um, Sharon, Michelle? All right, so our guest today is Sharon Chapman. Sharon is a relationship coach, a speaker, and author based at the tranquil Glasshouse Mountains on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. With 20 years' professional experience in assisting men and women, she uses her intuitive insight along with her expertise in 16 modalities that she integrates into her sessions. She helps with understanding and improving all relationships whether it's with a partner, a family, a friend, or anybody you do business with. Sharon offers support to gain clarity, provide confirmation of what you already know, or sharing the wisdom of trusted guidance when leaving a toxic situation. She believes that healing seven generations back is the key to resolving the five emotions we all run from. Anger, grief, shame, guilt, and fear. No matter what trauma you may have experienced, you can heal through love and compassion. So you're able to forgive and attract the joyous and fulfilling relationships you are worthy of.
1: So Sharon is, of course, joining us today, Lauren, to talk about the importance of communication in business relationships, which is primarily, I guess, what our listener at home would be most interested in. So saying what you mean, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, And also the do's and don'ts of proper communication. And I think that we can all really benefit from hearing that. So thanks for being on the show, Sharon. uh, Before we get into it, uh, the conversation that is, and talking about the importance of communication, it'd be great for you just to tell us a little bit about why you first got interested in becoming a relationship coach. Because it's quite an interesting title. As I was saying to Lauren, it can mean different things to different people. But we want to hear from yourself why you actually got into that
2: yeah well good morning to you both to Michelle and Lauren I um, got into this I guess I came from a background where my family didn't do very well with stress and anxiety and mental health so I observed a lot of challenges of communication within my family unit and as you grow up in that kind of environment you know that you're not always going to be taught the things that you need to be in the normal schooling or educational way so when I was in my early 20s um, my brother suicided and that was a catalyst for me to really start going within, I was diagnosed with clinical depression at that age, but I knew that I needed to go within and and really start looking at what was actually underneath all of this anger, grief, shame, guilt, and fear that I was feeling. And so it set me on a road of personal development and I explored a lot of modalities that really worked. I was also working in the corporate sector um, during the day but then exploring different modalities at night time. So I was studying part-time as well. And through that, I came back into a place of balance and awareness by combining the the business experience as well as the holistic approach as well. So I guess it came from a, a place of like living it and seeing it and understanding it and then transforming it into something that is more positive and then I can share with people today. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a story, Sharon, quite a story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I guess everybody does have a story and I love listening to people and hearing where they've come from and their challenges and being able to identify them and transform them into something that's more positive and understand that they will actually get something positive out of everything that we consider adversity, that there's always a silver lining, even though you can't see it at the time.
1: Yeah, that's
2: a really good message.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's... um. You know, it's probably a fairly obvious statement to say that when you have proper communication, it helps, you know, make your relationships harmonious, you know, all your relationships. And I know one thing I have learned from Sharon in uh, previous times I've talked to her is that, you know, I guess when I originally thought about her being a relationship coach, I just always thought it was like romantic. And then I understood that, no, it's, you know, it's business, it's friendships, it's, you know, your taxi driver, the people that, you know, you meet at the grocery store. So, you know, having proper communication would help, you know, probably have a peaceful life. But are there all other benefits potentially to, you know, being able to communicate properly?
2: Absolutely. So remembering that we have between 40,000 and 120,000 thoughts per day. So the first relationship that we always have is with ourselves. So when we talk with love and compassion and kindness to ourselves, then we can then share that with other people. So our first relationship is always with ourselves, And then once you learn techniques and ways to communicate with others, it flows beautifully. But that is the primary reason why I always start with myself. And as the foundation, you must be in a good place yourself because any tool or technique is not going to work unless you're actually feeling it. So the number one is always feeling good about yourself and just doing things that increase your self-esteem and then learning different ways that you can connect with people and understanding that everybody has different ways of communicating and there's no right or wrong. It's just what's right for you.
1: So I would consider myself to be quite self-aware, and I would consider Lauren the same, um, and yourself, Sharon, as well. Does it help in terms of communication uh, the person's level of awareness about themselves when they're communicating with someone else? Do you think that makes a difference, um, or makes communication sort of easier? If um, depending on someone's level of awareness, does that make a difference with um, yeah the effective communication or how effective it is?
2: Yeah, it does because you pick up on the little things that other people may not, if they're not aware. So you may observe um, somebody's body language or lack of eye contact or a shift in their the way that they communicate with their verbal communication so quite often um, I have met people and somebody will describe them as arrogant and when I actually spend time with them they're actually very shy (laughs) and when I go up and I introduce myself and I have a chat with them they are more than forthcoming with responding and being open and honest loving and fair which is what I base the four principles of good communication with it's just that you need to make the first move so sometimes when you assume Things which is, you know, you make assumptions about people, they can be incorrect. So, if you're more aware and you can see through that facade, you can actually get to a place where you communicate with them more authentically.
0: Mm. Can you teach self awareness, or are you born with it, or is this something that
2: you can develop? Do you think? I think we're all born with it. I think it's just the environment that you're raised in. If it is welcomed and enhanced, but it's always there. And I've, I had a client last week who's 74 and she is more self-aware now than she has been in her whole life. And that's only happened in the last 12 months for her. So it's always there. It's just when we tap into it and we make it a priority. Right. Okay. So I guess one of the things that I was
0: thinking about with communication and I'll share this little story with you too. (laughs) So I recently met somebody and uh, she's younger than me and I was in a working relationship with her and I understood that I think we probably can't communicate and I know, and I I think Michelle can probably agree with this, sometimes people do take me the wrong way. And sometimes there's a cultural difference. Uh, Being, you know, from Canada, being North American, we tend to be very, probably more direct. And, um, you know, we we tend to say what's on our mind very clearly, which sometimes I think people can take as a bit of an attack. Uh, Anyway, so in this relationship, you know, I feel like we discussed certain things, but she wasn't hearing me sometimes. And then at one point she came up to me and she said to me, you know, do you feel nervous when I talk to you? And basically she was projecting all these things on me that I had no idea what she was talking about. And I was very confused. And I said, no, um, I don't feel like that at all. So I guess where I'm going with this very vague story is that, you know, Is it possible that people can't communicate or is it possible that you need to bring in empathy and compassion for the other person a little bit more, you know, to be able to communicate? I don't even know if I phrased
2: that properly, but Yeah, and that's a really good point. I think there is an age difference. There is an age gap and people do tend to communicate differently when they are in different age brackets. And I've noticed that when I'm communicating with somebody who's five to seven years within my age bracket, we totally understand each other. And if it's outside of that, it just becomes a little bit challenging. So I think just be aware of that and perhaps just notice that the relationship may not be as empowering as it could be. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that generational... Um, difference is can really play a part so can cultural as well and it's okay to explore different cultures and kind of notice that that it doesn't really serve you with some cultures and other cultures you tend to have more of an affiliation or of a connection with and it's sometimes better just to say this isn't it doesn't feel like it's flowing for me does it (laughs) feel like it's flowing for you and if they go no it doesn't just say look well let's acknowledge this and be truthful and move on and, and find somebody that it does actually flow through um, yeah. it, it, it's fine to say that i think sometimes people kind of dance around the fact oh let's we have to make it work and if, <laughs> if it feels like it's a challenge and it's a struggle um, that's normally an indication that you're not on the same page and that's okay
1: yeah yeah that's a good good advice. I think sometimes it's um good just to walk away, but it is difficult when it's a colleague. I guess when it's someone that you got to work with, and yeah, you have to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. I guess. I yeah. guess
0: yeah. One of the things I was trying to do is just um try to be more compassionate, I guess, and yeah, be aware that there's a big difference here. Uh, clearly, with skill set and also with I guess age, like Sharon was talking about, so. I guess I was also trying to speak to her less, as less as possible. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And
1: I think your example was a good one, Lauren, because it's a little bit around um, empowerment as well. You know, sometimes when the person is a bit younger, they may feel like they're not in a position of sort of power. So there may be that sort of power struggle going on in the background as well. Um, And I guess I wanted to ask Sharon just on that. If someone doesn't feel sort of empowered or safe to speak freely um can this show up in them kind of being unable to say no because lauren and i did do an episode on on just say no because it's something that i probably more than lauren am learning um the hard way (laughs) at the moment so you've actually got a four-step process uh for this so for saying no in a loving way and i just thought you might be able to share that with our listener at home
2: Yeah, I think uh, personal and business boundaries is the number one challenge for everybody because we're not actually taught it, are we? So yeah, saying no is is really important. And knowing that it's okay to look at something when somebody comes to you and says, I want your time and attention or your skill set, whatever it is to help with this particular task. The first thing that I look at is what's in it for me? And that's not being selfish it's saying well this is a 50 50 interaction here you know if I hit the ball over the tennis net then I expect you to hit it back there's got to be a 50 50 interaction so if you're asking me to do something first of all what's in it for me and am I going to get something out of this because if I don't then I'm not going to proceed and if that's okay to, to examine that as a first step the other things that you can do is also Um, Just take some time and say, well, what is it that you're asking of me? You know, what is expected? My time, my resources, my skill set, the cost. What is it that you're actually looking for specifically? Because quite often people will ask you something generally and then you get into doing something and you realise down the track that they expected a whole lot more than you'd actually agreed to. So I would have everything written down, ask for everything in writing with regards to what is actually specifically asked. And you can also outrightly say no I'm sorry I'm not able to do this you can say look I need some time to think about this and I will get back to you you can also delegate it so what you can say is look I'm not able to do this for you but I can do something else with regards to contributing to this particular task and so that way you are alleviating alleviating yourself of the pressure to be able to do something that you don't actually want to do in the first place. And when I speak with people who are very stressed or have anxiety, nine times out of 10, it's because they've agreed to things that they actually didn't want to do in the first place and they're doing it out of obligation. Now, when you do things out of obligation, the number one emotion that you feel is resentment. And resentment is the number one relationship killer in any relationship so every single time that you're doing something it's either coming from love or fear and resentment is always coming from fear so you must look at every particular opportunity or request and go do I want to do this and am I gonna do it from a place of love and excitement and inspiration or is it going to be from resentment? And if it comes from resentment, then I would likely look at stepping away from it or delegating it to somebody else who's better suited for the task.
0: Yeah, those are really helpful tips, and uh, I agree with all those. I think sometimes, you know, people get... I don't know. They get worried about how they're going to be taken if they stand up for themselves. And I think especially in business situations, I know that when Michelle and I worked for the company, it was very intense sometimes. And, you know, you found that or I found that sometimes that I just needed to go along with things, you know, even if I didn't agree with them or if I knew there was a better way just to keep the peace and essentially to you know, not cause friction. And I think for someone who's a strong personality like myself, when you kind of stand up for yourself or when you say that's not how it should be done or that's not how I would do it, it sometimes can be misinterpreted by other
2: people.
1: Yeah, and it's not always welcome or supported.
2: Yeah, it can. And it comes back to your personal value. So when you are really clear on your top, Five personal values whenever something doesn't sit well with you it's because one of your values is compromised so knowing that you what your values are is your number one step to being able to identify if any situation is going to upset you and being aligned with people who have similar values is really important to be able to get things done and, and to be on the same page but there will be times when you do have different values and that's okay but one of the things that I have found and I've used extensively in my life and I recommend to all of my clients is a four-step process called non-violent communication or NVC for short and that was designed by Marshall Rosenberg so it's a four-step process that allows people to communicate what it is they need and I'm going to go through that with you so it goes there's four different pillars and it's I observed I feel I need or value, would you be willing to? Mm -hmm. So it's to help people improve the quality of their relationships. And the framework is based on the four pillars. So we're doing observation instead of judgment because nobody likes to be judged. Feelings instead of evaluating a situation needs instead of a strategy, and a request instead of a demand. So what happens is people do not like being um, evaluated and demanded or things given to them in a way that it feels like they are being judged. So this particular process has allowed so many conversations to happen with the principles of open, honest, loving and fair. Now, this framework I have used in business, in personal, um, all kinds of different relationships with great success. And I've had couples who are on the brink of divorce who have used this, started using this particular strategy and it has actually brought their marriage back into a place of ba- uh, balance again. So that is what I suggest you um, kind of be able to communicate because even if you're not on the same page, you being able to stand in your truth and talk with somebody and to hear what they are are coming from and from their perspective allows you both to see each other's side. Now, I've had conversations with my husband where we have had completely opposite conversations perspectives on a situation. I would go so far as to say black and white. But once we've used this process, I can actually hear what he's saying in a loving and compassionate way. And I sometimes I've actually gone, you know what? Your way is better. And I've done a complete 360 because I can see the logic in it. And so quite often, it's just about being able to communicate what your perspective is in a loving and compassionate way that doesn't get the other person's back up but allows them to hear you, gives them the same opportunity to communicate what matters to them. And then quite often you can get a resolution that is a lot more harmonious for everybody concerned. Yeah, it feels like
1: a more, hum- uh, more harmonious. It feels like a more feminine approach too because the, the judgment, you know, the more... Uh, angular approach is, I guess, more of the masculine. Um, So what it sounds like is really sort of getting into the feminine, um, the compassion, as you said, unconditional love, which is no judgment. Um, So yeah, really sort of coming at it from a more feminine angle or approach
2: yeah what um, i always do is teach my clients um the left and right brain balance so i observed is left brain i feel is right brain i need or value as right brain and would you be willing to is left brain so you've got a really good mixture of logic and emotional and what that does is activates a balance conversation because you're always going to have people who are a little bit more feeling or empathetic or emotionally based and you've got other people who are more logically systematic organized or structured Mm -hmm. approach so that way you're actually bringing in both and it allows people to come and evaluate what they're feeling from a more balanced perspective yeah that's fantastic i love that sharon yeah i
0: love that too and i think that you know when you were talking i was thinking about um You guys both know I've read, you know, Eckhart Tolle's work, and I always preach, and I'm sure, you know, our listeners at home are like, stop talking about it. But it's so important because in his work, he talks about not defending your mental position, right? And I think that often in communication, we get kind of caught up in going, yeah, but this is, you know, I'm trying to identify with my stance here. And, you know, taking the passive approach, I think sometimes can be seen as, you know, not standing up for yourself. But at the same time, some things just aren't worth getting into, right? And I guess one of the challenges that can be had sometimes is we can't be responsible for somebody else's reaction. We
2: can just be responsible for the way that we deal with their reaction, right? Yep. Yeah, that's so true. And you just, you don't know somebody's perspective. You don't know. Quite often I've I've used this this four-step process and I've listened to people talk and I go, I can completely understand their perspective. I can see exactly where they have coming from, why they would have come to that conclusion and why they would have done that task or behaved in that way. It makes complete sense. And so instantly I'm allowed to I give myself permission to let it go and I do come back into love and compassion very quickly, whereas before I probably would have been more in judgment or stayed in the place of I don't know why you did it that way and throwing my hands in the air. So I think it's about being able to listen and allow each other to talk and share each other's viewpoints, and sometimes it's a point of agreeing to disagree. And it's going, I see your viewpoint. Uh, let's agree to disagree on this one, and that's okay too.
1: Yeah, the listening is an interesting one, Sharon, because I've had a few conversations. Probably my husband springs to mind uh, the most, and that's why we started using that wooden spoon technique. You know, the talking stick, um, which is what a, a, another lady um, recommended a few years ago before we got married, and because I've I found probably in your relationship, it happens more than I notice in a work situation. But certainly um, in that situation, sometimes I'll be talking about something and I'll say something quite, I think, quite profound. And then my husband comes back with something completely unrelated. And I'm like, I just said something really profound. I think you should be reflecting back or, you know, something confirming that you actually heard me because, you know, it could be something pretty amazing. And then he's like, Um, I'm going to get the lawnmower out of the, out of the shed, you know, completely unrelated. And I'm like, did, did like, you know, are we in the same, are we in the same room? I mean, you know, and so I found the talking stick was good because it made him essentially sort of pay attention to what I was saying. And the idea is that I'm sort of speaking and then I give him the talking stick and then he reflects back some of what I've said and then gets to talk about the tools and the tool shed. Yeah, I think i heard. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful, um, yeah, strategy to use. So, we all want to be loved, accepted, respected, and cherished for who we are, and listening and being understood by our romantic partners and by our close friends and and associates is is really important to us. And remembering that, you know, um, women do tend to talk a little bit more than males do, so when we say something, pro found they are not always aware that they have to kind of perk up their little ears and and listen and get attention to it so one thing that i do is i do a pre-frame so when i'm speaking with my husband i'll say hey i just want to share something that's really heartfelt or sacred or has a lot of meaning or significance to me Um, i really need you to pay attention and he always does he just needs that little tip because with all due respect I could be talking for 30 minutes flat and he just goes well you know what 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 bits do i pay attention to um So I also have a strategy that um, during the day, I have a post-it note on the on the kitchen bench and I put little bullet points of all the major things that I need to talk to him that night about. And when he comes home, he just has a look at them and if there's anything that we need to elaborate on, we talk about it, if we don't, he just reads that and he gets an update. And that can quite often um, shortcut a lot of um, unnecessary, conversation and just get to the point because men's brains are designed to get to the point so I love your um, your wooden spoon um, technique, Michelle, because um, you know, with all due respect, most men are quite baffled by how much females can speak. And as another female, I know those little tidbits that come out of our conversation and and what's meaning and meaningful and significant. Um, but the males really don't sometimes, and um, they, they they do their best. <laughs>
1: That post-it note tip is awesome. I actually am going to employ that. I've written a note to myself. I think that's great. I think that's great because I'm working from home and Jason drives to Brisbane. So he's driving in his car for three hours and I'm sitting here waiting and the pets are waiting. We're waiting to see him and give him a rundown you know for day and he very rarely wants to hear that from me so maybe like a little poster note on the fridge here's the lowdown. here's my bullet
2: points (laughs) yeah lots of men lots of men share with me that when they enter the family home you've got pets you've got kids you've got a partner and it feels quite overwhelming for them especially especially the um the fly in fly outers who are away for several weeks and who they need to connect with their partners maybe at the end of the day via Zoom or, you know, FaceTime with their kids. So it's a really good strategy to kind of just say, look, here are the top things that happened today. Um, Do you want me to elaborate on this? What do we need to talk about? But you're in the loop. And it can just save um, 40, 45 minutes of talking and get it down to five minutes. Wow, Mm. that's a great tip, Sharon.
0: Yeah. Michelle, your dad used to come home, right, and go directly to his office for a break. For half an yeah. hour. he'd
1: come home and meditate. Yeah. yeah that was after having a nervous breakdown so it was sort of forced but uh, yeah he used to go into his room meditate so he'd been there for half an hour and we just knew the door was shut and we wouldn't go in and yeah then he'd yeah. come out and we'd have dinner and we'd all converse and it'd be fine. But that was preventing that uh, sense of overwhelm, I guess, coming home and having everything sort of thrown at you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know, I think that sometimes people listen to talk. So when they're communicating, they're not listening to the other person necessarily. They're kind of preparing what they're about to say next. Mm. And I know, Sharon, you talked earlier about how it's important to develop your relationship with yourself. And so do you think that cultivating a bit more self-awareness on how you are reacting when you're talking to people or they're talking to you can kind of help you to not do that? And are there other ways that you can cultivate, cultivate more you know, self-awareness with yourself so you can be aware of how your communication sort of behavior stacks up, I guess?
2: Yeah, so we all need to feel loved and validated and heard. And what I've found is that when I'm standing in front of the mirror and I'm actually sending myself loving messages of of love and compassion and acceptance, when I'm in conversation or interaction with somebody, I'm not looking to them to validate me as much because I've already filled my own cup. Whereas if I don't, if I don't have a a bit of space in the morning that I allocate for myself to kind of give that to myself, I kind of chase it in conversation. So I am waiting for that gap for, well, you've had your bit. Now I want to have my bit and I want to be recognized and heard. And that's perfectly natural. But I'm aware of it now and I just go every morning, I just need, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, to just give myself that time and really send myself as much love and compassion and acceptance as I possibly can and fill my own cup up first so that when I am in conversation with people I can be fully present and then you know answer them but if I don't give myself that time that's when I notice that I'm I'm actually looking to them for validation and there's nothing wrong with that I'm just I'm just more aware of it yeah I love that
1: Love that. Yeah. You had so many great tips. And I'm making all these notes here because I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to do this. I'm not doing
0: that. This episode um, was from Michelle, Sharon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you've just uh healed my marriage. Um so Sharon, are there any other tips and tricks? We've got some really fabulous ones already that you've mentioned um as and I've written down, I've made notes of those. Um are there any others um around, you know, communicating uh regardless of the relationship. Um is there anything else that you think we kind of need to know, you know, moving forward?
2: Yeah, the CRC method is good as well, which is commendation, recommendation, commendation. So it's like a positive sandwich. So whenever you need to give feedback to somebody, or you want them to do something differently. What's good is that you can say, hey, look, I've noticed that you're doing this really well. I would like this done differently. But I just want to acknowledge that this part that you're doing is is receiving really good results, and I'm really happy with it. And so people like to receive feedback in a positive way. So it's like a positive sandwich. And I've found that by doing that, it really does allow people to be able to communicate something that they want done differently and the other person doesn't get offended. So I think that's a really good one to do. Um, Sharon, I'm just going to cut you off for a minute because yeah. that's
0: I'm just having this little joke with myself, which I need to share with the two of you. <laughs> so I love how Sharon calls that a positive sandwich because everyone else in the world calls that a shit sandwich. So <laughs> we don't mind swearing on this
1: podcast,
2: Sharon. Just so <laughs> yeah. We,
0: so I just thought that was so. Is that how you normally call it, Sharon? A positive sandwich? Or did you just turn on, did you just change
2: the language? to remove I'm, the swear word. <laughs> I'm a visual person. So anything to do with, with food. Oh, or, yes. We don't uh, want to say
1: that, a bad word then. <laughs> that,
2: that, that's how I remember things. So I actually learned that method through Toastmasters when I was learning how to do public speaking and they used oh. the CRC method. Yes. But I'm a visual learner. So I then designed a positive sandwich. So the bread, the two pieces of bread are the compliments, and the, the meat inside the sandwich is the request for something to do something different. And so that's how I remember it because it relates to food.
0: (laughs) So I have a question actually on that because I actually read a book a while ago and the guy in it was talking about how he doesn't like that method because he feels that when you do that, then the person is always waiting for the other shoe to fall. Like, yeah, you did really good, but you need to work on that. So do you think that by by ending with a positive that that person won't have that reaction or that it's softened a bit of the way that they take that criticism
2: or that critique, I guess. Yeah, well, I would normally use the NVC process more so because that is actually I observed, I feel, I need or value and would you be willing to. So that's a lot more direct and it gets to the point. Right. Whereas sometimes if you know that somebody is doing the best that they can, they may be going through a personal challenge, they may have a health issue. You, don't, you, you know that sometimes people are just going through a little bit of a tough time in their life and they just need something delivered with a little bit more more of a gentle hand and I think everybody wants to do their best they genuinely do and so if you put the intention in for everybody to get the best out of the situation your communication style you can still ask somebody how do you want to be communicated to do you like to have a positive reference first and then a um, Mm -hmm. a request for you know something else to be changed or are you just somebody who's a straight shooter and I'll just give it to you straight up now people often will communicate very very differently so ask them the number one thing is that people assume and you know the word assume is broken down you make an ass of you and me because that yeah. ass of you and me <laughs> so ask people do you like that style of just direct this is what I want done That's a good idea. Or would you, del- would you del- like it delivered a little bit more positively now Uh, people will be able to answer that themselves.
0: Yeah. You know what? I remember uh, I did a disc profile a while ago. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with that. Yeah. 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 So the disc profile um, and for our listeners at home, just Google it. But basically, you know, you fall into one of the categories and I fell into the hard D category. So that meant that I wanted so to Michelle. yet. So that's (laughs) why, so we like, to be communicated straight up. And I remember it came out in the conversation I was having with people who did this as well, that they had a difficult time knowing how to talk to me because I guess they felt like they weren't sure how to react to the fact that I was so straightforward. Whereas I understood, ah, some people, they need to talk about how their day's going, how their week's going. Let's share a personal story. And then we get to the thing Whereas I just need to know what you need me <laughs> to do. <point>. Same, same. <laughs> so it's so helpful. It is so helpful, Sharon. I love that you brought that up because everyone reacts in a different way. And, you know, when, when we looked into the disc profile, it was even talking about how people want to be emailed in a particular fashion. And I remember, you know, over the last few years, cause I've had to learn this to do this. I try to use a lot of smiley faces, I try to say, how are you doing? And I add those things in, whereas normally it wouldn't have been a natural thing. I add them in on purpose to make sure that the person knows that I'm being friendly, even though I'm being direct. So Mm -hmm. I guess it goes down to getting to know yourself as well. And, and I think that, you know, as we learn, we do better, right? These are all times to reflect
2: yeah and i think when you first start a relationship with somebody especially a business one it's just having that authentic conversation hey i'm a straight shooter it doesn't come naturally to me to be warm and friendly i'm more task orientated i'm looking for an outcome in a designated time frame and that's how i communicate that's how i roll and once you once you, they know that it's just like well i'm the i'm the complementary opposite i'm a more of a people person i'm more feeling i'm about the pleasantries. so how can we both recognize our strengths here and work together as a team to bring out the best in each other because in all honesty the the Opposites do tend to work very well together But just having that understanding and that authentic chat right at the start can make such a difference because nobody gets offended You just know that's who they are and they know who you are.
1: I like your um, Comment before Sharon about just maybe even asking the person because I was like Lauren I did the um, disc training as well and I am a D so my boss at the time um, sort of came in and, and sort of after she assessed what we all were, what sort of personalities we were, and basically just threw all these you know complaints on the table and said, "Well, these are all the complaints. These are all the things people aren't happy with." You know, blah blah blah. And I oh, I was like, "Oh, okay." So that was like my um, review. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, so did I do anything good? Like, is there anything positive?" Oh. Um and, and she said well, no, no, I haven't no, I haven't really thought about that. So um yeah, that's she a- hadn't thought about it. No. And what? so she was she was working around the fact that I was a de personality and that we need to be direct, you know, they need to be directly Speaking to us and sort of presenting the facts. Here are the facts. These are all the things people hate about you or dislike about what you do. But still with kindness. Yeah, <laughs> it's and still so super sensitive. I think sometimes the message when um, you are a leader and you're looking at the personality types of your staff, because with the people who were like more of the I personalities, so with influencers, they're the ones that care about yeah. what other people think, whereas it's perceived that the D personalities don't care what other people think of them. So with the eye personalities, it was framed very differently. It was, you know, oh, you're doing such a great job. You know, I love how you're doing this. This is so fabulous. Maybe we can improve a bit more like what Sharon was talking about with that positive sandwich. And at the end, it's like something really positive. And literally it was just here it is. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was like, I was in tears. Like I went home yeah. and was in tears because yeah. I am sensitive. Like, yes, I'm a D personality. Yeah. I don't like to talk about fluff. But I am sensitive, so yeah.
0: to have no kind of... Yeah, you're still a human with a heart <laughs> and you're still, you know, giving your time and your energy and your love to the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, and it just is not a motivator. Let me tell you, it's not yeah. a motivator. It was like the the shit without the sandwich, without the anything else. There was no bread. It was just, yeah, that in front of me on the table. It was like, oh, okay. um, So a question would have been nice if they had have asked me and said, how would you like this framed? Then I would have answered, you know, I would like a bit of positive feedback, a bit of encouragement, a bit yeah. of yeah. what, you know, what sort of things would you like to see in your role and, and what can we do to help you and that sort of stuff I think
0: would have been really good. But, yeah, You could still be yeah. direct too with being, you know, compassionate and caring. Like you can still say, <laughs> Hey, Michelle, sometimes. Yeah you know, it might be nice for you to, you know, smile more or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. that's such a dumb example, but I mean, <laughs> I know what you mean. can frame <laughs> yeah. it in a way Put that you feel thought. encouraged and supported while still being direct.
1: Yeah. I think putting some thought into it, because when, when yeah. I, as a subordinate, ask the question, well, is there anything that I'm doing right and <laughs> they can't say anything, uh, give me an example, then it makes you feel pretty rubbish like it's like well what's the point kind of thing so yeah that was um that was a good lesson for me because I think as a someone who's running my own business now and potentially I may be able to hire someone down the track Mm -hmm. it is something that I want to definitely consider because it didn't feel very nice um to receive that
0: our listener at home is probably going, that's why Michelle was made redundant. That's not true. I'm just going <laughs> to say that I worked Michelle with Michelle for years, and she did a lot of things very, very well. And she worked her butt off, and she always did the best she could for the business, and she went over and above and she, you know, was always on the brink of pushing everyone else to their limits to help them rise to the same level of intensity as she was at. And so Michelle just wanted to just set that straight.
1: Thank you. And I feel the same way about you, Lauren. Thank you. So, Sharon, what's the best place moving forward for you? Because you are fabulous with all the advice that you do. The work you do is incredible. Yes. Yes. How do we get in touch with you? So what's the best way for us to? reach out. And uh, I guess I just want want to ask, are you able to help sort of friends, uh, business partners and relationships, um, people in relationships communicate better? Um, So yeah, how do we sort of get in touch with you to sort of do that if that's what we're thinking?
2: Yeah, I guess via my website is probably the easiest. I have a private Facebook group, which you're welcome to join. So people often um, contact me through that. But yeah, I have all different kinds of clients. They all want three things. They either want clarity confidence or closure on their relationships. And so I have couples coming for marriage counselling. I have people who are single wanting to get into a romantic relationship. I have people coming that have challenges with work relationships or the family or just a partner situation. So everybody comes with, with different, um, different problems and, and we are able to get a good resolution for them. So any kind of relationship issue is kind of what I deal with. And I think, um, yeah, the website and the Facebook group is probably the, the two best ways. Great. And we'll put links to that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Great, and we'll also put the yeah, the NVC um reference as well. Um, so yes. we've got that for um Marshall Rosenberg just as a um professional um recommendation for him. And um, but yeah, I think that's definitely made the biggest um change in, in my marriage and all of my relationships. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to look into that myself. I think that yeah. was great.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sharon. I know we've learned a lot and we really appreciate you being here.
2: You're welcome. Great to speak with you, Michelle and Lauren. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren, that was a great
1: conversation. How good was Sharon?
0: Yeah. Sharon's so good. Hey, I love how, you know, I, I mentioned it before, but I love how she brings us actual tangible things that we can do. Yep. You know, because that's how you improve, right? Is you go, oh, I should do this, or I could look at doing that. Da-da. That's how yeah. you do it. You and it's simple.
1: Yeah. It's that kiss, kiss, uh, theory. Keep it simple, stupid, which I love. Um, yeah. and I did jot down some things because what she says is very simple, it's easy to understand. I can relate to it. I'm thinking, yes, I can apply this in my marriage. Yes, I can I can apply this in my work relationships, dealing with clients. There were so many good takeaways from that. One of the ones that I really loved, and I mentioned this in our chat, was the resentment quote that Sharon talked about. And she said that Mm. is the number one relationship killer. And I was thinking, wow, you know, resentment does come up a bit in my healings with people when I'm picking up different emotions and things that they're carrying. And resentment and anger, a lot of people say that's a key cause of cancer as well. So you definitely don't want to be carrying that around in your body. Uh, the other thing that I really oh. loved was what she talked about in terms of uh, framing. Um, so the way that you frame what you're talking about. So I think when I sometimes rush up to Jason and I've had the most profound thought known to man, and this is going to change the world. And then as I gave in the example with Sharon, Jason's like, Oh, have you taken Sissy out, you know, for a walk? <laughs> and it's like, I just said the most amazing thing. What are you talking about? And what she said was great was that if you come in and say, I have had a really profound thought, I really would like you to listen to me is now a good time and frame it that way. So he understands, okay, I've got my listening ears on and I'm paying attention. But the biggest takeaway for me from what she was saying was the little bullet points, which I love on a post-it note. Oh my God, Mm. this is like amazing because Poor old Jason comes home from work. I'm like this and that and da-da-da and Sissy's done this (laughs) and Joy's doing that, our dog and cat. And he's like, I just drove for three and a half hours today. I just need to eat dinner, you know, and sort of recover. So I'm thinking, this is awesome. Bullet points, post-it note on the fridge before he opens the fridge to get his dinner and he's got the lowdown. And if he wants me to expand on something, he can, I can probably won't, but you know, it's all there and he's up to date. So we don't have to yes, have perfect. Them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause we know how important space and, and, um, reflection and pieces. Right. Yeah. But you know, you're excited to talk to him when he gets home Yeah. and then he's just like, I just need a mental break. Yeah. 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 So I love that. That's One of my biggest takeaways from that was, um, actually how you want to be communicated to. Mm. So I thought that was really a good takeaway because we can't assume that everyone wants to be communicated to the same way. And, you know, we did talk about that in the dis-profile conversation and all that sort of stuff. But when given the opportunity, you know, I think it's great if you can ask people, hey, how would you like for me to communicate to yes. you? Do you want to hear, you know, you want me to check in with you about how your day's going, how your week's going, and then tell you what I need to talk to you about, or do you just want me to get to the point? Yeah Yeah, because I think sometimes we think other people are like us, even though we know they're not, and you know you and I be self-aware we we know that's not true, but at the same time, it's difficult sometimes to communicate to somebody in a way that's not like that's foreign to the way that you would It's want not you your to- norm.
1: It's not your yeah. norm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like you, I have
1: to think. So when I send emails, I'm often just, yeah. hi. Boom, 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 boom. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And then like you were saying, I've had to really think about that and go, okay, so most people like pleasantries. And it's so weird. It's like being on the spectrum, I think, because I think that's people who are on the spectrum. That's something the that communication is difficult. And sometimes I mm. feel like maybe I am or something because it's not normal <laughs> for me to go. Hi, how's your day been? And specifics, you know, specifics about what I remember of what they were telling me they were doing. You know, sometimes I'll try to mm-hmm. do that. It's like, how did that thing go on the weekend? You know, stuff like that. But it's definitely not normal for me. And I sometimes will write out my message and then I go back and read it, and I'm like, I'll put in a pleasantry <laughs> as an afterthought. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I think sometimes the thing too is that you know, you you and I are very fast. Mm. So I think that's also part of it, honestly, Mm. is because we're busy. So we're just trying to get things off our desk or, you know, maybe less now, but, you know, when we were working in such a fast paced environment, trying to get things off our desk, trying to say it in the, in the most clear, concise possible way to get the outcome or to get the response that we need, yeah, and sometimes we don't have time to fluff about, right We just need to know the answer to the thing now, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think some of the the times that I have a challenge with writing an email, for example, would be if I'm needing to bring something up that's maybe sensitive mm. right how to how to bring up a subject like that and not seem like an asshole, yeah. <laughs> by being direct because not, because if you talk to me, I could handle it fine. But when you read something, you add your own tone. Yeah. I remember one time I was reading a text message to my partner and I'm reading it, reading it. And he goes, Lauren, you're adding that tone. (laughs) And I went, Oh yeah, I am. You know, and once yeah. I kind of like so sometimes I'll like try to sing a text and then it's like you could have totally defined right the mood a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a good yeah. tip. I like that. Yeah, it's actually it very on. funny. I was in <laughs> a moment where I went, Oh yeah, I'm adding the I'm adding the yeah. tone myself. Yeah. The person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's I think people who are highly critical of themselves like we are, like I have very high standards for myself. Yeah. Sometimes I will look for that tone. And if someone, like I've said to you before, if my boss says to me, are we gonna have a conversation tomorrow? I'm like, oh no, like doom and gloom. Oh no. And then she could come yeah. and go, oh, like what present do you wanna get for someone for their birthday? And I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> So I always yeah. have that habit of sort of assuming the worst, which is good being self-employed because now it's just all positive. I'm getting all positive feedback. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's hard because, you know, we, you know, we're conditioned, you know, because you and I talk about positivity and all that all the time. And it's so important, but it doesn't mean we don't struggle with it. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're always operating. I mean, I've shared in episodes before anxiety or you know like having a couple down days and you shared that stuff too and you know we're not we're not always going to get it right but I think that part of the reaction or part of the the reaction I guess I got from our conversation with Sharon as well was just about you know understanding that you adjust and you learn and then you do it differently and you know life is a process it's it's you know we're learning things all the time and i think when you can catch yourself going oh i'm expecting the worst well maybe that's your opportunity to go okay i'm going to expect the best but then i think it's because you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment either yeah, that's true. so it's almost your self-preserving yeah.
1: yeah 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 no it's been certainly different working for myself because i'm my giving myself my feedback and i like when sharon said that about looking in the mirror and giving yourself all the validation you need. And then you don't go into a conversation with someone else looking for that. Because sometimes that's what happens if you catch up with a friend and you realize, gee, whiz, I think I just talked about myself for like two hours and I don't remember anything like that the other person really shared with me. And I think that does come down to that looking for validation thing. And I think that's a really handy tip is looking in the mirror, saying whatever you need to say to build yourself up. So you're not looking for someone else to do that. And I think that's a really handy
0: You know what? I interviewed a woman on the Raw Raw podcast the other day, um, Taylor Simon, and she said something that I thought was the best. So she talked about how whenever she posts anything on her socials, she always likes it first. Oh, she likes her own content first. Can you do that? Is that that acceptable? you can. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like your page is like this first. And I remember when we worked for the company, it came up that sometimes people would accidentally like a post. We'd yeah, done and, acting as the, and, Yeah, and I remember people going, "Stop doing that." But when she said that, she goes, "You know what? I like it first because I approve of myself. Wow, and that's what matters." And that's I thought, cool. "Damn, girl, that was so good." Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. and I thought. Why wouldn't you like it first? And I think part of the issue that we have is that we look for outside validation for positive reinforcement. And then when we do that, when we get criticized or we get, let's say, negative feedback, um, we take that really deeply. Mm. Whereas if we can somehow remain neutral with all of it, I think you and I have talked about this before in previous episodes. Where it's like, yeah, I I love and respect you. I love and respect your opinion, but if you don't like something that feels authentic and you know in integrity with me, then then that's okay because that's I'm honoring where I'm at. And so I love that you know when she talked about liking herself, it was developing that relationship with herself, filling her cup first, and essentially I think that yeah, I just thought that was so cool. I'd never heard anyone express like that, and I just thought it was awesome.
1: I love that, and I think that's a really good message for people who are raising children is we need to tell them you can be proud of what you do because a lot of us were just told don't ignite yourself, don't ignite yourself, and to me that's me not liking my own posts and all of that. And then we go into conversations, as Sharon was saying, and sometimes look for validation in those places and get into unhealthy relationships for the same thing because we're looking for
0: validation. Yeah. So, do you think that it's almost as though, yeah, it's kind of like we're programmed in a way mm-hmm. to not be confident. Or that down. confident is arrogant.
1: mm Uh confidence
0: not arrogance confidence is confidence
1: yeah no but it's what we're taught it's what we're taught yeah yeah well that was um that was a great chat a great follow-up and i think um sharon's is fabulous and i'm sure we'll find other uses for her in future and i know that you've had her on your other podcasts um and she's just such good talent so now lauren it is time for the party aspect of our show and this is brought to you by the Ra Ra spirit team Yes, that's right. When you
0: say the rah-rah, you're supposed to do spirit fingers. Oh, rah-rah. No one can see me, but that's okay. Right. I was in a yoga class. I had a yoga teacher one time and he was the best. And he was the best because he was so wacky. It made me- I laughed all the time, but he didn't have any students and he ended up not keeping this space at the studio I went to. But oh. he did spirit fingers, but he would always go summer rain and everyone summer rain. And so we would like Love do the fingers all the way down. It was so good. I laughed so much during those sessions. He was my favorite teacher cause he was so weird. But um, anyway, that's just reminded me of summer rain. <laughs> yes. So the raw, raw spirit team sponsor would be party elements today. Building a business can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And I teach small and medium sized businesses strategies for building a profitable Successful and stress free business and life. So, if you like the things that I talk about on the show here with Michelle, if you're starting a small or a medium sized business and you're looking for someone to keep you accountable, have consistent training, you know, business tips and tricks, answer your questions, and essentially be a cheerleader for you in your corner, that's what the Spirit Team is all about. You can try it for 14 days for free. And then, if you sign on during our intro offer, which is happening at the moment, It's only $50 a month, which is $2,800 worth of value a month. So you really have nothing to lose. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes. So the party element today, Michelle, is basically that, you know, we were talking a lot about communication. And I think that, you know, sometimes we don't communicate, you know, enough positivity to the people in our lives that we love. And so the party element is basically to, you know, find somebody today or whenever you're listening to the episode and share with them, you know, something that you love about them or show your appreciation and communicate for them. So for you, Michelle. Uh I'm like getting emotional. It's so funny. Oh, I thought you didn't know what to say. I'm like, "Oh my god, she no, doesn't appreciate me." Say, I'm, <laughs> I'm such a sensitive anyway. It's so funny. I like get emotional a lot. But um yeah, I just feel like, you know, being made redundant with you on the same day was one of the best things that ever happened to me and I'm not, you know, saying that, you know, I'm happy that you got made redundant, but you know, misery likes company. <laughs> but so do, you know, two two women building their empires. And I know that, you know, the connections that you've given to me for, you know, some of my other work that I've been doing and um, just, you know, like being there and being supportive and like helping me on that journey. And I just, yeah, I love you very much. And I just want to thank you for that.
2: So,
1: Thank you, Lauren. I really love that. Really appreciate that. I really feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you in the exact same way. You know, that's, that was a big deal. Um, As I've said, in a previous podcast, when I realized I was made redundant and it was heartbreaking. You were one of the first people I messaged. You were probably the first, I actually texted you before I even rang my dad and cried on the floor in the bathroom that I'd been made redundant. And I recall you sending me 10 like fabulous quotes about, you know, uplifting, positive, like all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that just made me feel so much better in that moment. And then, of course, you got the news. So (laughs) it wasn't the best outcome for either of us. But it just meant so much to me because you were the first person that I thought of, the first person that I thought to message, you know, this is the news. Um, Because I I knew you'd be kind of wondering the following day why I wasn't there. (laughs) But then it turned out, you know, that you got the same news. But what I also really appreciate about you is when we're communicating in this form, especially I notice when we're doing podcasts, um, that you really listen to me. And often I'll be saying things and sometimes it's consciously, other times I'm sort of just rambling. And then you'll pluck something out of what I have said and said, I really like that. You know, let's talk more about that. Or this is my take on that. And I think, wow, that's this whole talking stick theory that I'm doing with my husband yeah. is we have the talking stick to do that. But I feel like you do that naturally. And that makes me feel hurt. Um, and important and I guess gives me the validation as well Um, not that I need to look to anyone for that but it feels nice (laughs) it does feel nice when someone appreciates what you're saying and listens and reflects back it does feel really good and I like that I'm always heard with you so I appreciate that very much and you're fabulous with your advice you always give fabulous (laughs) advice so you need to get onto the spirit team our listener at home if you haven't um, and check that
0: out check that out. Yes. Thank you, my friend. So yeah, so that's the party is go tell somebody how you really feel about them in a positive way. I'm not talking about, you know, bringing up shit that you're resenting or whatever (laughs) like we talked about. Nah, it's all about the love. And, you know, it's all about giving that, that support to somebody because sometimes, you know, you could just send someone a text message who's having a really rough go of it and you could change their entire trajectory of their life by just letting them know that you love them or that you're there for them
1: yeah and you don't i mean lauren and i are very specific but you don't have to even be that specific i remember doing like school camps and activities and not even school but like you know weekend holiday like things where you go away and you don't know all the people super well but you're in a circle this is you know childhood type stuff when you're in a little circle and and then they get you like a little post note or something and you have to write something nice about someone else but it's not specific it's just a positive comment you put it all in the middle it's like a lucky dip and you just pull out whatever So you get some nice positive comment and it's not directly aimed at you, but it feels nice anyway, because someone's made the effort to do that. So you don't have to be as specific as we are, but um, it's still really nice. Yeah. If you meet someone in a coffee shop and they've got nice hair, you know, give them a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that specific.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I always compliment people when I think they're looking good Yeah, because they put the effort in, you know, That's it. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 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 No, it's really good. Now, Lauren, I did want to give you
1: um, a really great tool to improve your life. And I know that you're aware (laughs) of this person too. Uh, But when we started studying journalism, one of the first things our teacher told us about or the first book was Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. And I think that a lot of universities uh, still recommend Dale Carnegie and I know books, Maybe not as popular as they used to be. I, with Certainly with you and I, they are because we love our books. We love reading. And I've got a ridiculous bookshelf next to me here. Mm-hmm. But this book has always been a Bible. And whenever I've been mentoring yeah. younger journals who are coming through, I'm like, you have to read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It is life-changing. So yeah. he is a superstar. Uh, I almost got a chance to see him, but I think he had a bit of a... Um, Uh, illness going on and had to cancel, I was going to hopefully be able to go and see him in person, which I think would be amazing. Um, But his book is, as I said, a bit of a Bible. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes if anyone wants to sort of pick that up or have a little bit more of a look through it. But he has some really good tips for being a good listener. And I thought this might just complement what we were talking to Sharon about. So he and I guess the thing that I always picked up from him was you don't have to be an expert and this kind of ties in with what I was saying about those weekend camps, things where you don't know people that well, but you can still give them a nice compliment. And what he talked about, the thing that I remember the most about reading his book was he was talking about how he was at a barbecue once. And this woman was talking to him and he said, Oh, what do you, what do you do? What are your hobbies? And she said that she loved gardening and she was quite specific about, you know, the type of gardening or the kind of plants she grows and he was just asking her question after question about the gardening. And at the end of the conversation, she said, gosh, she goes, that was such a good conversation and you're such a good <laughs> yeah. conversationalist and all of this and giving me all these compliments. And all he'd done was ask questions about her gardening. That was all yeah. he'd done. So yeah. he said, "You know, your job is to be that person who is an expert in everything but kind of nothing at the same time. So he's learning by asking those questions. He's learning, he's taking it in. Mm. But people walk away from that and go, gosh, that was a good conversation. And really all they did was talk about themselves. So a lot of people kind of feel like, you know, they're the most interesting person. And I feel like they are. I feel like as a journalist, that's what I've learned is that everyone is super interesting. They just don't realize it. And, you know, that's why it's important to ask those questions. So that's the biggest takeaway from him is to... Um, ask a lot about the other person and they love you. They will always love you. And that's how to win people over. And then they'll come back for, you know, further interviews if it's an interview situation. So Dale's um, top tips for being a good listener are the best communication begins with a solid understanding of the concerns and needs of the audience. And that's essentially what you're doing if you are, doing public speaking. If you've got an audience that are there for a particular purpose, make sure you keep that purpose in mind and that you keep addressing that so that they feel like they're getting value, which is what you and I try to do with our show notes and make sure that we're giving people tips and things that are practical for them to take away from them. So I think that that's really good. Also be natural, which I think is really great. And I've noticed a lot of people say that with me after I do my Facebook lives and things. A lot of people say, gosh, you're really genuine and authentic. And when they meet me one-on-one for a private reading, they say that. They're like, I feel like you're very genuine and authentic. And that's what I'm trying to put across is, yes, I may may do my hair and my makeup and put some nice earrings on and things like that. But my personality is very genuine and authentic. And I do love and bless everyone that I come into contact with. I say that in my head, not to them directly, but I, I feel like they feel that. So being natural yeah. be yourself um, is also really important. And I guess that's how you present yourself. Um, eliminate speech feelers. Uh, eliminate speech fillers. That's actually quite difficult to say. It's something that I really like as well because that's what you and I kind of avoid if possible. So that's a lot of ums, a lot of ahs, you know, all that sort of stuff is filling mm-hmm. the gap be okay with the gaps, you know, be okay with the gaps. And we don't need, we don't need all the little kind of fluff stuff, you know, be interested in other people. There's enough questions to ask the other person about her gardening um, to be able to fill the conversation without having to, you know, put those little speech fillers in there as well. Um, So I thought that was a really good tip as well. Um, Establishing a connection. So um, that's, you know, his tip is around, you know, keeping PowerPoints and things like that to a minimum and really making eye contact all those sorts of things are really important and that's something that I learned from being a journalist is that people if they're making stuff up especially you look at politicians for that wherever their eyes are going you know they may be potentially making stuff up and body mm. language being open you know that's what I spoke to you on your other podcast about with interviewing techniques you know so body language yeah is really important Um, And if possible, do it in person. So we spoke about the email. Yeah, this is a good one because we spoke about the emails and SMSs and you can add a tone to that. So if possible, if you're in the workplace, if you are in a workplace, walk over to the person's desk, if possible, and just deliver the news in person or pick up the phone. Exactly. So rather than email or SMS, because that's when things can get taken out of
0: context. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. Yeah.
1: And there's a couple more. I mean, open with a story. Everyone loves a good story. So if you are doing some sort of public speaking, uh, it's good to maybe uh, highlight a funny story, a funny thing that happened to you during the week. You and I tend to do that. We do our catch up from the previous week, that week that's led up to when we record. So I think that's a really nice way to frame things as well. And it makes you human. Yeah. So it makes you a little bit authentic as well. Um, so yeah. I think oh, that's really fabulous. So and practice, yeah, practice is really important. So you can practice on family members. Before I started doing my Facebook lives, I jumped in and I practiced with a group of people, and I was just like, "Can I just read for you guys?" And they're like, "Sure," and they gave me feedback. And some of them were like, oh, yeah, "Yeah, you know, this was great. That was good. We could improve on that." And I'm like, "Fabulous." So that's all about me working on being authentic. I want to be able to make sure I'm doing everything else okay, so I can be present and authentic and you know, remain connected and all that sort of stuff. So practice all of those things, practice on family members, people that you trust until you feel like, yeah, I've, I think I've got this nailed and, um, and go from there. So I'll pop the notes, um, the show notes, uh, Dale Carnegie, the link to his book. And I know you've got a really, a really great little poster there that you showed me, um, which has yeah some really cool um, quotes and things on it as well.
0: Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I just found it on Google. It's mm. not copyright safe. I just printed it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's got, you know, some of those takeaways from the book, but you know, I just really want to reiterate what Michelle was talking about. You know, the importance of reading this book is, it's so important. It's very high up there. It's, um, it will change the way you do everything. And, you know, one thing that I learned a while ago, Michelle, I can't remember if I've talked to you about it before, but I was listening to a speaker, Bob Proctor. He's fabulous. And he's one of the best books ever, um, called you're born rich which yep. um, actually, I'll link to that show notes too. Anyway, he was talking about how he walks around with the book, Think and Grow Rich. And Now this is a throwback to probably the YouTube I was watching. I really think seventies, eighties based on their clothes, but he was reading this book all the time. And he was basically talking about how when you really like a book the first time, yeah, you get a lot out of it, but it's when you read it the second, the third and the fourth, fifth, sixth time, that's when you really get a lot out of it. So I actually, you know, uh, earlier in the week, I actually put how to win friends and influence people in my bag to take, um, you know, to the restaurant for when I had a break to read because I, I was really aware. Yes, yeah, So it's funny timing, but I was really aware that I need to read that book again. There were so many gems in it. And, you know, I think sometimes when you read nonfiction, Some of them are really meaty and they're difficult to get through. For me, his book is not like that. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting and it's littered with story, like what you were talking about, which makes it more memorable. You know, so yeah, I think that if you care at all about, you know, building relationships and communicating clearly with people and being liked, um, authentically liked, Mm -hmm. then, you know, picking up that book is a must have. So I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah. And it's a good reference as well, because if there are particular things that you want to master, you just go to that particular chapter. He's got them broken into parts and um, yeah. which is really handy. It's not just all one big, you know, list of contents it's broken into parts. Yeah. So it's actually easy to go to the little bit that you want to read. Um, yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, so Lauren, looking yeah. ahead, uh, we have a podcast of course coming up next week as well. And this yep. is something else that's close to my heart. So I'm publishing, speaking of books, publishing, And that's why we had Hayley on the podcast a little while ago, talking about branding and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so I'm publishing through Ocean Reeve at the moment, and I just thought it might be a great chance to have a chat to an expert, expert. and he's actually my mentor, Jason, who I've been working with for a little while on this, and he's actually writing himself. So he's actually writing a trilogy, which could even be more than a trilogy, Um, and they're very big books that he's writing. So I just thought it'd be great to have him on because there's so many things we need to know about this. It's such an involved process. So I thought Jason would be great to get on and have a chat to because I'm sure our listener at home will, or maybe consider at some point, a lot of us think about writing books and and think, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, But these guys are independent publishers and Ocean Reeve has actually worked for a big publishing house. I think it was like one of the majors like Penguin or something like that. Um, He then worked for a self-publishing company. And now he's an independent publisher. So independent's a little bit different. They do help you out a little bit more. Self-publishing is more, you know, really up to us. Uh, independent, they do help you a fair bit. So um, it's been a really great experience for me. And I just thought that'd be good to have a chat about. And, um, you know, hopefully give, give us some good tips and tricks around what we should and should be doing when we're publishing.
0: Yeah, that's great. Because even if somebody at home isn't, you know, writing a book like myself, but plans on writing a book, yes. you know, like myself. Yeah. It's always good to sometimes know these things as well in advance. Cause then you can plan, That's it. you know, or, you know, going into it, you know, some of the things that you need to tick off as opposed to maybe having to go back and change. So yeah. it's, it's a helpful strategy, whether or not you're in the crux of it, whether you've done it and you're looking for a different way of doing it or whether or not you're, you know, going to start that at some point in the future. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that discussion. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great chat so that has been the business in the front party in the back podcast Podcast. and uh if you liked it please do tell your friends and if you didn't like it don't tell anyone yes thank you thank you you, Michelle. michelle great show chat to you next week yes